It's great singing. We're going to talk tonight for a little bit about comfort, Christmas comfort. We've been talking about that as a church for the last few weeks, been asking the question, what is it that brings you comfort at Christmas time? Most of us find the sights and sounds and smells of the season to bring us comfort, comfort of a sort. Warm drinks, twinkling lights, the smell of fresh baked cookies, the wonderful music of the season that we've been enjoying this evening. All of these things bring a certain level of comfort to us. And yet all of these comforts prove to be only temporary in nature. For all too soon they are gone and we return to the normal humdrum of life. The celebration has passed. We all enjoy the wonder and joy of Christmas Day and indeed Christmas Eve. But all too soon it will all be over. The tree will be put away. The cookies all eaten. Maybe by tonight. The Christmas lights will come down. These fleeting comforts of the season will soon pass away. In this series, we've been considering Christmas comfort. Christmas comfort though, that we have been talking about together, is of a different sort. It is of a different kind of comfort. It is not in the passing comforts of sights and sounds and smells, but in the solid comfort of gospel promises. Promises from God to bless us, to keep us, to guide us, and indeed to lead us home one day. We began this series by learning that God told His prophets and His preachers to speak words of comfort to his people Israel while they were in exile. Isaiah 40, the Lord says, Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. God's people need to be perpetually reminded of the hope and comfort they have in God's gospel promises and grace. And that's still true today. We live in a weary world, don't we? A sin-weary world full of strife and full of sin. And we need the solid comforts that only God's gospel promises can provide for us. The first gospel comfort that we looked at a couple weeks ago is the gospel comfort of God with us. That is the comfort of knowing that Jesus is Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a messianic title that means God with us. In Jesus, God came near. Despite our sin and our rebellion, the Son of God left the glories of heaven and dwelt among us and became one of us. God with us speaks of proximity, of closeness, of nearness. In Jesus, God came near, but He came near not to judge, which is what we deserve, but in order to bless us according to His grace. God came near to bless. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, God with us to bless us. God with us to save us. God with us to rescue us from our sins and our guilt. God with us to guide and God with us to provide. 
Next, we saw the comfort that comes from the gospel promise that God is for us. As Christians, God is for us. He's on our side. He's in our corner. He is for us to bless, for us to guide, for us to, gu- to protect, for us to provide, and to lead us safely home one day into His eternal presence. God is for us as Christians in all circumstances, even when the days are dark and the times are hard. He is always for us, causing even the difficult and trying things of life to work together for our good. So we've seen the comfort that comes from the gospel promise that God is with us. We've seen the comfort that comes from the gospel promise that God is for us. And on this Christmas Eve, I want us to look for a few minutes together at the comfort that comes from the gospel promise that God is in us. As Christians, God is in us. Christmas is a time of wonder. A time to contemplate the mysteries of the incarnation. That Jesus was truly God and truly man. Very God and very man. That in one person, Jesus were combined the two natures of God and man. There's mystery in this. There's infinitude in this. There is wonder in this. And it is the center of the gospel message. Without Jesus being truly God and truly man, there would be no redemption. Without true deity in Jesus, he would not be perfect. And without the true humanity of Jesus, Jesus couldn't serve as a substitute for sinners on the cross. But the true deity and humanity of Jesus is not the only wonder to contemplate at Christmas time. There is the wonder that Jesus not only came to dwell among us, but the wonder of all wonders that Jesus came to dwell in us. That is the truth of the gospel. Jesus has come to dwell in us. This is what the Apostle Paul teaches us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. He says, God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory, Paul writes to these Christians. Christ in you is described here as being the hope of of glory. Glory is a word that was used in reference to God himself. God is glorious. And in reference to God, it means that he is weighty. His presence is weighty and shining with splendor. Christ's indwelling presence means that we are already experiencing something of the riches of God's glory in our lives. And his indwelling presence ensures that we will one day fully partake of the fullness of the glory that is to come when he returns and makes all things new. His indwelling, glorious presence is the surety, the guarantee that we will share in that glory that is to come when all is made right. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But the truth that Christ is in us isn't just something that the Apostle Paul taught. Jesus promised this indwelling during his earthly life and ministry. He told his disciples as he gathered with them in that upper room on the night before Jesus was crucified. He told them that he would be going away. 
He was, of course, referring to his death and ultimately his resurrection and ascension to the right hand of the Father. But he promised that despite the fact that he was going away, that he would still be with them. John 14, if you have your Bibles, turn to John 14, 16. John 14, 16. If you don't, that's okay. I'll just read it for you. John 14, 16, Jesus says this in the upper room to his disciples. He says, look, I'm going away, but I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter. It's another way to translate it. That he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, but it does not see him or know him. But you know him. Why? Because he abides with you and will be in you. The comforter, the helper, we know that's the Holy Spirit, is going to be in the Christian. I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus says. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Jesus says, when the helper comes, the comforter, he's going to be in you, and I am going to be in you, and the Father is going to be in you, because the Father's in me, and I'm going to be in you. John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, Jesus says, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him, or take up residence with him. Jesus promises that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are going to come and indwell the believer. Live in them, among them, with them. And then in Jesus' great high priestly prayer, just a few hours later, Jesus prays this in John 17, 23. He says, Father, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. I in them and you in me. Indwelling of God in the Christian. Romans 8, 9 through 11 says that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all reside within the believer simultaneously and unceasingly. On that first Christmas morning, God came near. And that is truly a wonder, a wonder worth celebrating. But what is perhaps even more wondrous is the truth that God comes nearest to us, not in the incarnation, but in salvation. God comes nearest us in that He dwells among us and dwells in us. He's not only come to dwell among us, but He has come to dwell in us. The indwelling of Christ in the Christian is the ultimate fulfillment of the truth of Emmanuel, God with us. And it is the ultimate expression of the truth that God is for us. There's no greater way that God can be with us or that God can be for us than for God to be in us. And this is a great and glorious truth because God is in us. It means that we are blessed with God's presence. We are blessed with God's presence. He is always near us. He is always with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Christian, you are never alone, never abandoned, never forsaken. Wherever you go, whatever happens, God is always with you, always present, always dwelling 
in you. We are blessed with God's presence, but not only that, we're blessed with God's power, with God's indwelling. His indwelling presence comes indwelling power. Just two verses after Paul wrote the truth of Christ in you, the hope of glory, in Colossians 1.27, in 1.29 he writes this, God's power which mightily works within us. Because Christ is in us, His power is manifest through us and within us. Power that makes it possible for us to do all things that God calls us to through Christ who strengthens us, Philippians 4.13. This means that we have, as Christians, power to resist temptation, power to endure trials, power to say no to the flesh and yes to righteousness, power for each day's struggles and challenges, power to overcome fear, power to serve others, power to share the good news. God is in us, and that brings with it great power. Not only does the indwelling of God assure us of His presence, and assure us of his power, but it also means that we are blessed with God's peace. With God's indwelling presence comes God's peace. Peace that is rooted and grounded in the peace of the gospel. He is the Prince of Peace, Jesus, who was born on that night in Bethlehem. And the angels declared his arrival. Jesus has purchased our peace through his virgin birth, through his sinless life through his substitutionary death on the cross all of it was necessary in order for us to have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ those who believe in Jesus trusting him for salvation there is now no condemnation God does not condemn us he does not utter a sentence over us of guilty but rather one of family one of sonship one of being an heir along with Christ. Jesus has paid for our sins and taken them away so that they no longer separate us from God. And this has brought us peace with God. Jesus is our peace. And from this positional relationship of peace flows the experience of peace. Our conscience is now at peace knowing that our sins are forgiven and there is now nothing separating us from God and all our guilt has been paid for and removed from God's presence. We experience the peace of God that passes all understanding, knowing that God is with us, that God is for us, and that God is in us, and so shall it ever be. Nothing and no one can take that away from us. If God is for us, who can be against us? There is a peace in pillowing your head at night, knowing for sure that all is right between you and your maker. And that if you should not awake before the morning dawns, you shall be in the presence of God and of your Savior, Jesus Christ. With God's indwelling presence comes God's surpassing peace. So because of God's indwelling, the Christian can know God's presence God's power, and God's peace. You may be here tonight and you're not sure if you're a Christian or you know you're not a Christian. And so you may be asking, how can I have God's presence and God's power and God's peace in my life? Well, you must believe that the child born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger was indeed Jesus, 
and that he was who he claimed to be throughout his life, the Son of God. You must believe that he lived a perfect life, a sinless life, a life you and I could never live. You must believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, in your place, as your substitute. And you must believe that Jesus rose from the grave as the victorious conqueror of sin and death. It is through faith in Jesus that God comes to dwell in our hearts. Trusting in Jesus alone to save us, believing that He is indeed Emmanuel, God with us. And that brings along with it God's presence, God's power, and God's peace. God offers you forgiveness of all your sins, of everything you've ever done to offend Him. He offers you forgiveness, full and free, through faith in His Son, Jesus. And He offers it to you now, tonight. He offers you His presence, His power, and His peace. And it is received as a gift. A gift received by faith. Trusting in Jesus alone to save you. Christian, tonight I encourage you to take lasting, solid comfort this Christmas and every day of the year in the truth that God is with us that God is for us, and that God is everlastingly in us. May this truth bring us what it is intended to bring, comfort and joy. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for the gift of your Son, the indescribable gift, the gift of greatest worth, the gift of greatest value, your beloved Son, given as a gift for sinners and rebels like us, that we might have peace with you, that all of our sins and all of our guilt might be laid on your sinless son, Jesus, as he died on the cross for us. We thank you for his incarnation. It wouldn't be possible without it. Without the cradle, there would be no cross. Without the cross, there would be no forgiveness. We thank you, Jesus, for both. We thank you for your Humility, leaving the glories of heaven, becoming a servant, becoming obedient even unto death, subjecting yourself to death, even death on a cross. You didn't deserve it, Lord, but you did it for us out of love and out of love for your Father. We thank you, Jesus, and we praise your glorious name. Lord, we pray for anyone here tonight who isn't sure if they're a Christian, that they would simply pray and confess their sins before you and trust in you, Jesus, alone to save them. Not trusting in their good works, not trusting in their spiritual pedigree or anything else, but trusting solely in you, Jesus. Confessing you as their Savior and Lord, may they know your enduring, unending presence, power, and peace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.